What's up, guys? Welcome back to No Easy Buckets. Uh, Jacob and Blake here. Um, we are uh, in our hotel room in Vegas, a little away from Thomas and Mac and the Cox Pavilion for NBA Summer League. Uh, we finally made it down here. Um, not credentialed this year for the media. I'm sure that's uh, they just forgot to set that in our um, welcome packets, but you know, I'm sure next year they'll have it worked out. Yeah, slight slight oversight on their part, I guess. You know, yeah. next year. Ne- yeah, I-, I assume that it was just uh, they heard our college football coverage, and with under the covers, of course, Clay and Mike. Shout out, um, Mike. Shout out, Clay. They, yeah, they they just they probably assumed that we since we're so good at that that we didn't have time to do basketball <laughs> why would these guys need to cover nba summer league when they got such a career in betting in in college football gambling yeah and so i understand that's you know we'll forgive them but um but no yeah so we came down um saturday morning uh this is like our second day here we're going to some games this afternoon uh specifically grizz clippers tonight nightcap um but uh before we get into anything about Vegas or Summer League, did want to kind of talk about what happened on the eve of our trip, which I was packing my bag. I was considering sleeping for a couple of hours before I got my Uber to the airport because I didn't have a really early flight. And then all of a sudden, Woj bombs. Bomb. The biggest I'm, of bombs. The biggest of bombs. And it was technically technically Chris Haynes of Yahoo broke it, but it was like a minute before, and like I don't have his notifications turned on, so I found out with Woj. Yeah. And... um. Yeah, so Kawhi Leonard was signed with the L.A. Clippers. And then, like, I mean, not even five minutes later, I don't think. I need to go back and look. But within 10 minutes. Within 10 minutes, he announced that they had uh, traded for Paul George as well to team up with Kawhi. And um, that a lot of picks were go- outgoing. And Shea Gilgis-Alexander did a little gallery, things like that. Um, wow. It was. I mean, I was like, there's no way I'm sleeping now, but that was kind of a, like, it's almost like it was the perfect timing. It was like past midnight on the East Coast. That's just how Kawhi's going to do it. What did you think? I mean, what was like when you found out, I think you were out, right? Like you were about to get your flight as well, but. Yeah, I was, uh, I was uh, hanging out with, the fo- uh, with a couple people and, uh, you know, getting ready for uh, my, my 5 a.m. flight going to, yeah. to Vegas, but. I get a notification around, you know, early, early morning, like 12, one o'clock. I can't remember exactly what time it was. And I think my initial reaction when I saw the, the Clippers piece and then, cause I, I didn't see my phone cause I have Woj notifications turned on too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't see it until I, after I got the PG notification. So that's the first one that I saw. Oh, cause like I didn't pulled it out and it was like notification on top of notification. Yes. Yeah. So, so I got, I got the notification that Paul George to the Clippers <laughs> And I, I immediately had to stop ex- everything that I was doing. I think my initial reaction was stop I, your dancing. I had to stop my dancing. And for for everybody that that knows what uh, Rayford's in downtown Memphis was or is, I uh, I was shout out Rayford's. Shout out Rayford's. Shout out Paula. Yeah. Um. I was I was in the middle of playing a a drum set, a drum solo. <laughs> You're known for that. And I'm known for that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think I think f- so. His his last few uh, teams it was the Clippers, the Lakers, and the Raptors. And I think everybody had written off the Clippers, right? Yeah, it was weird. It, like everybody, ha- I mean, even myself. I kind of was talking with friends and was just like, I think it's the Lakers, man. There's an outside chance he just goes with the Raptors if he didn't like what the Clippers or what the Lakers had. But I really thought it was between them two. Well, I remember telling you, I, t- I remember texting you and said, it's like Kawhi 100% wants to go home, but definitely doesn't want to like create a massive super team again. Yeah. And he definitely doesn't want to go back to Canada. So no. like he's in the middle of like a rock and a hard place. Right. And I, I don't think anybody saw the PG thing coming. I, I, no. I, I know that. So like I know that everybody wanted like a, a second superstar to come to the Clippers with him. Like he was... He yeah. was not coming without a second superstar. So, like, what was your initial reaction to the Paul George stuff? Like, well, I didn't even know that there was a rift between him and Russ. The overarching thing is that, like, none of this leaked, which is amazing. It's kind of uh, in today's age of, like, reporting that none of this was leaked. And I feel like a couple of reporters may have gotten a wind of it, but at the same time... Nobody could verify it. They nobody didn't. could verify it, and so they weren't going to go run with any stories. 
And my reaction to the Paul George thing, I, mean, I was still trying to like see what was going on with Kawhi. Like I was still reacting to Kawhi, and it just—I I just didn't think that was an option. I knew that they had talked about the superstar thing, but what I kind of assumed with the clip—if if he had gone to the Clippers—was that he viewed it as somewhat of a Toronto light or a Toronto second year right? right where he goes to a team filled with a bunch of role players that, solid role players solid that, role though. players and assets that could have eventually turned into something via trade maybe like they trade for brad bill maybe they trade for cj mccollum somebody like that mid-season or after the season or they use their other cap space next offseason because they had two right. slots after Gallinari came off to sign somebody after that so that's what i kind of initially thought with the clippers even before Kawhi signed and then seeing that they traded for Paul George, I was like, well, this just right now drastically just throws everything on its end because they only – I mean, look, they gave up a billion picks. Yeah, pick swamps, tons you know, of there's something to be said. Like, should we value them? Should we not? Like, it's in the eye of the beholder in a lot of these things. But they gave up Gildas Alexander, who is good. I mean, a lot of people are kind of all – like, there's a lot of people that, like, push him up to be, like – a little bit better than he is, I think. Like he has the tools to be like an everything guard, but I still don't think that he's a good enough, a consistent enough shooter or offensive player at all to like, you know, he's not about to make an All Star game or anything like that, in my opinion. Um, and then Gallinari, who was the salary filler for Paul George, and so you really didn't give up. You gave up one player that was part of your future, and then you gave up a bunch of picks that are probably going to be outside of the lottery or like t- even if they to, are in the lottery these players aren't going to be as good as paul george no <laughs> none of them are no and, and i think if you get past the initial shock of yeah. like so so the anthony davis trade that's yeah. where we saw yeah. so many picks for the first time in i think ever i think that well, was the biggest the Celtics, haul since, the, since celtics. the celtics nets yeah so i i think that um, the thunder sam presti and them they were in a position to say okay cool if you guys want paul george we want all of your picks for like yeah. the next seven years, basically. Right. And I think that you're right. I think that like the Clippers are going to be really, really good. And even even after like that four or five year mark, right. when when you have these guys, I think those like you're never going to fall within the top fifteen. Right. So like these players are going to be like good, but average NBA players. Right. I mean, and that's the thing is when you get with the uh, with the draft pick trading is that. To a team, and that's what I meant by eye of the beholder, is like to a team that is rebuilding or that is trying to kind of reset themselves, picks are viewed as like a chance at greatness, a chance at a Zion, a chance at a LeBron or an Anthony A chance Davis, that we could potentially be A good. chance that we could potentially be there, regardless of like where you think that team might be, their record in four or five years when you get their pick. And the team that's trading them – like the Clippers is like, well, look, these are picks that are going to be in the bottom 20 and are going to be 20 or higher or 20 or lower because we're going to be in the playoffs. Or they're the Miami picks, which were – they had two Miami picks. Two Miami picks, yeah. Which they're like, well, they're not ours anyway, so it's kind of like we're, you know, we're playing with house money here. And so that's how those two situations are going to view that. And, you know, other – you know, when you, when you look at, like, winners and losers of a trade, it's hard to win – you're not trying player for player or like all-star for all-star to like measure it. But I think from a Clippers perspective is that you traded what you traded for Kawhi and Paul George. For both. And if Kawhi and Paul George were both on the Thunder and the Thunder said, we'll take all these picks plus SGA and Gallinari for both these, for George and Kawhi, you do that. Any day. A hundred million times in a row. Ten out of ten times. Ten out of ten times. Like, you're not going to ever say no to that. And so I think that's kind of what you have to view it as. And I don't think the Clippers should regret it. I mean, maybe six years from now when they don't have their 2026 (laughs) first-round pick or something, it's like maybe there's like a slight kind of damn. Like, But at the same time, you hope that you have an infrastructure. Both these guys could – they both have – well, Kawhi has four years left. I think Paul has two, possibly three. three. Both it's these serious. guys would be in their primes to resign again. They're both going to be in their like 31, 32 years old to resign. So they they should be. You shouldn't be bad after this first contract. So so think about it too. Like these guys are home. L.A. is home to these guys. So I yeah. I ultimately I think this is their last 
their last NBA be, team. Yeah. Could be their last NBA team. Or they want it to be their last NBA team. You at least feel better about you it. You feel better about than them. Than if you were like another team. Yes, absolutely. And I think also, too, just to kind of like talk about the two Miami picks, like with them trading for that sign and trade with Jimmy Butler mm-hmm. and them, you know, getting all this talent in there, you know, hopefully – uh, they're banking on Miami being pretty good too, so those picks weren't going to be lottery picks right. anyway. So right, because I think it was 2021 and 2023, Three. 21 and 23. And I'm trying to Google the trade, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean they're 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 banking on uh, those picks being you know playoff Average. picks as well. Yeah. So I, I think I think my the the biggest surprise to me and, and outside of the Paul George um, trade to the Clippers was. The the rumors that Kawhi Leonard was, you know, is this massive recruiter. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I think that, you know, his camp is so tight and everybody in the NBA world not really knowing that he was a big of a recruiter as he, he was. He basically told the Clippers that, yeah, I, I want to come to you. But you have to get PG. <laughs> I'm not coming yeah. if I'm not if you don't, if you don't get PG. Or, yeah. And I think, though, and to get th- PG on board with that as well. Yeah. No. Like, and on. I mean, I think. It ended up being a little bit easier probably to get Pete because he'd already talked to Paul George and it was like right. he knew that he was like interested. And the reports were that he had because there was a report that like you remember like a week ago that was like this Kawhi KD thing. Right. And it was like Kawhi the wants to teaming play with KD. Up. Yeah. And it was like quickly that was kind of squelched because it was like KD doesn't want that. Well, we didn't really talk about that anymore, but that was initially Kawhi's first leak about wanting to play with a star. Right. And so I believe he talked to the Clippers about Durant, and I don't think Durant was interested in doing it, so they just shut it down. But he had, he was already negotiating at that point, and I think Paul George was probably – I mean, Paul George was number three in the MVP voting this year. He finished third in MVP. Also in the, in the, the Defensive Player of the Year voting. Like, right. keep that in mind, too. Both yeah. of them. Both of them were. Yeah, right. <laughs> and Paul George, if he doesn't have the last month of the season where he's got a shoulder injury – he may be second in MVP or I mean he was getting talked about as like should he legit be the MVP because of how good OKC was playing but of course you know they they kind of fell a little bit down the stretch and lost the playoffs but if he's healthy and supposedly the shoulder thing was just something that he had to have surgery on and he's good to go he just didn't want to have it mid-season I mean those are two prime all like not just all-stars MVP candidate players. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Are they the best duo in the NBA now? <laughs> are they? So, so like, I mean, think about it, I too. Mean, like, right now, not Blake future. Griffin and Andre Drummond are still out there. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, Gra- Grayson <laughs> Allen, John Morant, and, and Jaron Jackson Jr. might be the best trio Who in the NBA. Who do you choose to make a duo out of those three? <laughs> <laughs> you, could do, you could choose either one yeah. of them. But no, so right now, like you can, there's a lot of talk about everybody, like all the major media yeah. outlets comparing AD and LeBron versus Kawhi and PG. Right. And they're even throwing out like, you know, Dame and CJ still, right? You can yeah. do whatever you want, right? Yeah, right. I mean, they, they, they should be considered. So, yeah. so, I mean, right now, who is the best one two punch in the NBA? Is it, it, is it Kawhi and PG? Is it? I mean, you showed me that graphic yesterday about the, the, uh, you know, asking that question. And I really think it, saying this year, because you can't count KD because he's yeah, hurt. You can't count. That's then, why I didn't say Ka- right, right, Kyrie right, right, right. and KD. I think you have to – I think it has to be them. And I, I and I, the thing is, is like the, the, the LeBron-AD combo, like I think AD is on par with Kawhi and um, – uh, with Kawhi and PG, I think he legitimately is uh, on par with them talent wise. And LeBron, obviously, second best player of all time, or the best, whoever you you know, whatever you consider. Um, he's a he's he's probably lost a little bit of an edge, but still, he's top five in the league, top ten in the league. I just think that the way you're getting George and Leonard, and like the way they're playing right now, currently, like Kawhi just carried a team to the finals. PG just went top three in MVP and really showed that he can be more aggressive offensively and not, you know, defer all the time like he was in that first season with Russ in the playoffs. And I think I think it's got to be them. Like, I really do. I think they both can fit well together. And I would just give the edge to them based off almost a little bit recency bias, but I kind of feel like that's how you have to judge that. Right. Also, too, just to kind of throw this out there, yeah. I think they fit the mold of the Clippers, too. 
right? Yeah, like no, they're I think so. like they're they're like let's get my I'm gonna get my lunch pail and go to work type guys, right? Like they're not the most vocal NBA play like superstars in in the league. They they're you know defensive mind like defensive first in my mind. Well, you bet. Yeah, I mean they, technically, yeah. So I don't they're, know. They're I mean they're like so defensive. Gotta call that out. They're the defensive stalwarts. I was just trying to look up his uh, Kawhi's age here. He's like 27. 27. Yeah, he's 27. 27. And it's like I think PG I think might Paul be slightly Joe, older. Maybe. Yeah, I'm maybe look at that I one think, too. But I feel like the way those players are, um, like you said, they they kind of base their playoff defense. I mean, they're obviously elite offensive players, but uh, defense is such a huge factor. They're both defensive player of the year guy. Like I think that's just gonna make them uh, push them a little bit higher because. We've seen that AD, while he's an elite defensive player, doesn't like to play the five as much. And if he's not playing the five, you're not fully realizing that full defensive potential. Right. And then LeBron is going to pick his spots. He's still a good defender, but he doesn't. That's not the point in his career that he is. So I give them the edge. But I mean, get, put those those two teams in the playoffs. It'd be tough for me to bet against LeBron. Battle of LA. <laughs> it's going to be yeah. it's going to be super interesting. And don't yeah. hey, don't yeah. sleep on your boy. Pat Bev either. <laughs> I mean, he's really the he f- rounds out the big three. He might be the no, he, he might be the third in the big trio. He in the rounds big th- out that third that third big three. Yeah, Paul George was twenty eight this season. Twenty eight, so. yeah, yeah. I mean, they're a year apart. Paul George has got on his contract. I'm Both entering contract. in their prime too. I mean, they're still like right. they've just entered their prime. Right. I mean, he's got uh, what left on his contract? I'm pretty he's sure. Got, it's- He's got this season, next season, and then a player option right. for 22. So he'll probably opt out and sign a new deal. He'll be 31 probably. And, I mean, that right there, you'll still have Kawhi on like another year. So, well, of course, that'll be an, that'll be an interesting summer because if, if if Paul George doesn't resign, then the Clippers maybe, you know, who knows. But I still think, like we said, it's totally worth the Totally worth the gamble. I, I think ultimately, and we can we – can, this is for another yeah. pod, but that single-handedly throws you yeah. into being the NBA favorites to win yeah. the championship. I think so too. I think I think they do. They're the best all-around team. They they put themselves in position with. Uh, I mean, that Tobias Harris trade last year. I didn't think that Philly should have done it in the moment, and you know, Tobias Harris is a good player, but to give up a pick, to give up Landry Shamit, and to give up. Uh, um, forget who else they gave up in that trade, um, but they gave basically gave up two picks. Um, they're they really could have used a player like Shamit in the in the playoffs last year, and he proved to be a good player even with a less talented team in the, in LA. And now he becomes like able to play like eighth fiddle off of all the guys that like he's gonna be like even if he starts like you put him maybe you put him in the starting lineup because you don't need another ball hunter. Maybe it's Pat Bev, Shamit, Kawhi, Paul George, and Zubach, or whomever you want to start in that lineup. Like, they have so much flexibility. And then you have six-man of the year coming off the bench. Like Shout-out Lou Will. I, like, Jamal Crawford was always considered as, like, a possibility to sign. Like, oh, well, LeBron should sign Jamal Crawford, or the Warriors should sign. But no, no, like, he like Lou Williams is better than Jamal Crawford, and Tremendously. and I think he's a a more efficient player than Jamal Crawford. And you get this guy in his prime on a cheap deal uh, to play on this team. You already had him under contract because you always you already negotiated a great team friendly deal with him. Like those are the moves that a year, two, three years in advance when you put this front office in place. Those are the things that you have to do to be able to sign players like right. Kawhi Leonard and. You know, that's a testament to a team. I know they're in L.A., so you can't – it's not like the Detroit Pistons went and signed Kawhi Leonard or the Memphis Grizzlies signed Kawhi Leonard. But at the same time, it, nobody ever viewed the Clippers. Like, they don't. They, they didn't really sign any free agents. No. This was like a win for the Clippers. This was a sure. win for the Clippers, big-time win for the Clippers. Well, and for, like, you know, superstars in general signing with who you don't think they will. <laughs> well, this is also, like, even in the – like, like and kind of just rounding it out before we talk a little bit about Summer League, like, it, it, this this was a huge offseason for the quote-unquote yep. little brothers of, exactly. of bigger markets, right? Like, the Clippers and the Nets, you know, yeah. sticking it to their – Oh, that's a good point, yeah. Yeah. The I mean, kind of New York, the market, the, and then them taking it over. I mean, they're, so they're, they, like, they've always been overlooked, even in being in the big markets, right? So um, – I don't know, huge, and it's hard for me to say this, but like as a Memphis Grizzlies fan, I'm gonna be. It's gonna <laughs> yeah. be. It's gonna be fun to watch the the Clippers this year. 
Oh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I did hear some Memphis fans saying, because you always, when you're a team like Memphis and you have to, uh, computer just went silent. Okay, when you're a team like Memphis and you always, and you have um, uh, super teams like the Heat and the Warriors and the Lakers come together, you always know there's going to be bandwagon fans that are from the city. Yeah. Maybe they're not from Memphis or maybe they just never really chose the Grizzlies. They always were like, you know, a Magic Johnson fan or a Michael right. Jordan fan or whatever. That they'll, you know, come like when when Kobe was final year. I remember I was working at Lululemon, right? That's right. We don't sell jerseys at Lululemon. <laughs> and we had people calling in all day asking if we sold Kobe jerseys because they wanted to wear Kobe jerseys to come to the game. Yep. Like that's what you get in small markets. And but I saw somebody say, like, I think it was uh I think it was um uh Fisher, the sideline reporter, yeah, uh say we better not see any bandwagon clipper fans in FedEx Forum this year. He's like, I could accept a lot of bandwagon fans in Memphis, but not but the Clippers. Not the Clippers. Not after the history. Not after the fact that we it's know you history. weren't a fan. There's no way you were a fan before this. Yeah. So, uh, but I mean, for us, like, it's gonna be. I mean, it, it's fun that we kind of had that rivalry. I mean, yeah, they, it, probably we thought about it more than they did. You but, can still hate Blake Griffin, all but you, you want. still hate Blake Griffin all you want. And yeah. like Pat Bev is still that type of player that you can you can learn to hate or love when he's not playing your team, like. So it's going to be fun. I mean, it's going to be fun. The, the the forum will be packed when <laughs> the forum is going to be super packed. And just and just like small note, like yeah. the, that Clipper team that was hated, you know, mm-hmm. throughout the entire Memphis area. Like all <laughs> all of those players play for different teams now, anyway. So. <laughs> yeah, and I love Blake Griffin now. Like yeah, I think he's a hilarious guy. He's he's awesome. And he's one of the funniest guys in the NBA. Right and right, and then now that he's not going up against Zebo, it's totally fine. <laughs> it's totally fine. Yeah, I'm cool with it. Yeah. Like he's in Detroit now, like the land of the forgotten people. So. Right. I kind of feel bad for him. Yeah. So, but it's, but you're right though. Um, it does mean it does mean good for stuff for us. I did want to kind of go through a couple of other things that happened. Yeah. Like a couple of the finalized. Hit me with signings. that ra- some rapid fire stuff. I mean, so we got obviously the last pod we talked about Durant and Kyrie. Uh, we had the Kimba news there. Um, I, it wasn't finalized on what Jimmy Butler was gonna the deal with Jimmy Butler's. So the you know he ended up being Josh Richardson to the uh, to Philly, and um, who did they also they involve? Basically, the Clippers got involved in that to clear the salary, right. and they also traded Hassan Whiteside. So we kind of went over that. Um, D'Angelo Russell to the to the Warriors. Okay, let's let's get into this a little bit. I want to talk about the Warriors a little bit okay. because you know obviously I live out in you know the Bay Area, so they're the hot topic everywhere. But a lot of people. I've seen a lot of media members kind of split down the middle on like what they think the Warriors are doing. So I've seen some that think it was a really great move that they were able to get something for Kevin Durant, which was D'Angelo Russell and an asset for nothing basically is what you can kind of frame that as because you're losing a player. He was going to go anywhere. It's like, it's like, you know, Toronto, they lost Kawhi Leonard. They didn't get anything back. They, you know, I guess they aren't able to work out a sign and trade. Yeah, I'm sure, we, you know, that hasn't been talked about much. But but the Warriors were able to, like, figure something out. K- KD did want to do that. The Nets wanted to do that for D- for D'Angelo Russell. Like, it, it worked out for everybody. I think the Nets got a pick as well. But what it's not on the serve. It's not just D'Angelo Russell for Kevin Durant. They also had to trade De- uh, Andre Iguodala to make this, uh, uh, to make this deal work. And they traded him in the Memphis Grizzlies, yep. and they gave up a first round pick there. And then I think it caused them to have to uh, probably move away. Well, they thought it was going to have caused them to lose Kevon Looney, but they ended up resigning. But anyway, a lot of people are split on whether or not this is a good move for the Warriors because they lose Iguodala, they get a four year max player who some people view is not a max player. Remember, D'Angelo Russell. I'm kind of being a devil's advocate here because I am a big Russell fan. He wasn't an all-star until there was injuries last year. Right. And he wasn't an all-star until Karis LeVert got hurt. And, and, and he was able to take over the load. And you can honestly argue in a in a yeah. in a conferenceless NBA, he's not an all-star. Oh, definitely not. Definitely I mean, not like an we were talking last night. Uh I don't th- I think Mike Conley had a better season than him or Easily. especially first half of the season and you know, he doesn't get the love cuz where he was and cuz he's in the west. And so you're right, he's not an all-star if he's not in the east. Right. And there're not injuries. He wasn't even an all-star in the east no. <laughs> before there was injuries. No. So some people are worried that 
you're getting yourself tied up into an asset when you're going to have to pay Draymond Green next year that is is not going to make your team better and is going to slow down, do different things to your offense because he's a ball-dominant player. So what do you think as far as the Warriors go? Like, do you think this was a good move for them? Do you think the flexibility and being able to maybe trade Russell? Like, what do you – like, what is your kind of opinion on that? Because, I mean – I don't know. I think it's I think it's good to get the asset, and I think he's going to be a fun player to watch. But. Well, you you said it. It's an asset, right? Yeah. So I think my initial reaction to to that was, uh, it was a snap reaction. It was, it, you know, yeah. It was it was a scared move on, uh, and, and you know, you hate to say scared <laughs> move on the the Warriors part, but kind of was, yeah. But you just lost Kevin Durant. Yeah. Uh, Clay Thompson is is injured for probably the you know three fourths of the season. Yeah. Um. You know, I think they said he's planning on coming back in March, but I think that they literally like legitimately just traded for D'Angelo Russell as a kind of a piece just to kind of stick in place to where you can say, hey, we're gonna make the playoffs now. Right. Because if you don't sign, if you don't sign a D'Angelo Russell, you don't. I don't. I mean, you you might not make the playoffs next year. Well, that's what some people were saying was that Curry was gonna have to shoulder too much of the load and the west was too deep i still think they would have probably been like right there at the bottom two slots but but yeah you're right they, they were on the teetering on the edge of not being a playoff team so so i think ultimately they signed they signed him to kind of put him in place for clay thompson and just mm-hmm. kind of stick him there stash him for a while not a max player in my opinion i don't think not yet he's he's really good i think he's still only what 23 years old so at, right at the end of the day um i think it's for them it's a tradable asset that they We'll look yeah. to probably, you know, one or two years later, I think that you could see some trade rumors for D'Angelo yeah. Russell. Oh, yeah, and that's the thing is, like, some people were saying, well, if he's not a max player, you know, why would you sign him to that deal? Maybe he's not even tradable after that. I was like, are you serious? His max contract, based off of what he was eligible for, he's make four-year, $117 million, so it's, like, not quite $30 million a year. Yeah. You mean to tell, you th- I mean that's not movable? Yeah, definitely movable. People are talking about trading Russell Westbrook right now, which – we can talk about that later too, but you you can so definitely trade D'Angelo Russell. Like the Suns or somebody, they, they'll trade. Actually, you know, sorry to tangent here, but I was talking to a Philly fan yesterday. Right, right. We were watching the the Grizz Pacers game in Cox Pavilion, and he was talking about the Tobias Harris and how he was like, I just it's a lot of money, five years, and I was like, look, I think you had to do it because of what you gave up in the trade, and I was like, man. There's not an untradable contract in sports, especially not that for a player that can actually get on the court. Like John Wall can't get on the court right now. Yeah. Then maybe that's untradable. I was like, dude, <laughs> a team like the Grizzlies in two years would eat that up. Dude, they're not going to be able to sign somebody in free agency. Maybe Ja and Jaron have taken a step quicker than people thought. And you're like, we have the space. Let's make the trade Let's right now. I was like, a team like that would totally make that deal. And you're, and then you're back, you know with more flexibility. So you don't have to worry about it. And I, you know, the same way with D'Angelo Russell, I think I I still think with the, the Warriors infrastructure and their coaching and their front office and the personalities that they have, that they can make any situation work. And they, they even embraced Boogie, even though I'm a big Boogie fan, it's a lot of this stuff is overblown, but they really embraced that and made the best of it. I think they can be fine with D'Lo. Ultimately, I think for D'Lo to win, Oh, big time for him. Well, think about it like this. It's not your team anymore. No. So you're all of the weight of of trying to carry a team to like make the barely make the playoffs mm-hmm. and like you having to be awesome every night. Like all of that's like all the pressure is taken off of you. You have the, arguably the best shooter ever on your team. So Yeah. Ultimately <laughs> feed him the ball. The two best shooters eventually. <laughs> yeah. Ultimate, yeah, when when Clay comes back, you have the the best shooting duo of all time. Yeah. So, all, like, literally, all you have to do, give him the ball. <laughs> right. I think too, and like, there's kind of a lot of different ways to look at it. Is that, let's say he gets the same contract wherever he goes. Let's say he even goes to Minnesota. They figured out a way, or to Phoenix. Right. I think while you may have had a higher chance, you, you would have been able to accumulate more numbers at those places. Let's say you don't average – let's say you just average like you know 18 points a game or something, which is below what he averaged this year, whatever. But you're within a system that's being – you're succeeding with you know these, um, these Hall of Fame teammates. I think a year or two years with the Warriors boosts his viewpoint the, – the way people view him in the league so, so highly mm-hmm. to whether – even if they do trade him, 
the team's going to be like, let's more teams are going to want him than yeah. wanted him this summer on the free agent market. Right. So, um, I think it's great for him, and I think with the way uh, Curry and Clay play together, the way Draymond distributes and is an unselfish player, I think he'll be successful in whatever role. And I think there's a chance that we're looking at this four or five months into the season and we're like, why did we even doubt this was going right. to be fine? Like, he's a good shooter. He was coming out of college, was a great, uh, great passer. He has great vision. And, you know, I really think that he's a playmaker. And he was just kind of tasked with having the ball a lot this year. Right. I think – Going into a different situation, maybe he would have carried that mentality over, but I think the Warriors are the perfect place to get him to experiment with other facets of his offensive talent. Right. And that's great for him going forward. It's it's a win win, right? Yeah. Like you get to put somebody in place for Clay, like we yeah. were saying, but it's I think it's I think it's a win. Yeah. And I mean that's kind of the, the other major thing that happened. There's a lot of other signings um that went down. I mean, the whole Andre Aguadala portion of that is that and I was, you know, this was one of my first reactions after the Kawhi Leonard trade was that Memphis just their asset just got even better yeah. because if you have Iguodala, if, if Kawhi signs with uh, the Lakers, then you know that's pretty much their set. They're filling out with minimums. The only way they're going to get Iguodala is if they we would they wait for a buyout. Well, now you have the Lakers, you have the Clippers, you have. A bunch of other, a couple other teams, the Rockets that are involved in that, maybe even the Mavericks who think they're a contender. Maybe the Nets want to ha- figure some way out to get him. And that's the thing is like you can look at the numbers like us normal, <laughs> normal level people and can't figure it out. But a, a, a GM will figure out a way to get the player they want. So now there's more suitors, I believe, because you don't have this three-headed super monster team in, in the Lakers. And so I think the Iguodala is going to be viewed by even more teams as like that one piece that could get you get you there. Maybe even a team like Portland. This is going to get you over the them. Hump. Portland's a great. And Denver. Denver was also rumored too. Yeah. Portland and Denver are two teams that would definitely look and have the depth to make a trade. They always fly under the radar too because you you know right still not huge markets. But you said it. Um, I think the people that are uh, that are thinking they're we're going to buy them out like before the season. I think that they're just trying to yeah fill, fill a story, right? Well, they say that about everybody. They said uh, they said it about Mello, you know, and they never really bought out Mello. Houston never never bought out Mello. No, they, he, he just, just he just kind of like left the team. He just left the team. He pulled the J.R. Smith and just kind of said, yeah. I'm, "I'm out." <laughs> like a lot of people want that narrative. They want that because then it's like, oh well, now my team is better, right? But without having to give up anything for this guy, but it's not like he makes five million dollars and you can buy him out for five or four and a half or three and a half and no. then he goes he makes 17 17 million dollars why would the grizzlies pay him anywhere close to that number to like not be there yeah uh, the only way is feasible in my opinion if you buy him out like yeah we got a first round pick out of it awesome right cool i think the only way that it's feasible is if he like takes well under 10 million dollars like if he's saying like right you know what i mean like if it's financially if it's financially positive for the Grizzlies to say, all right, cool, we'll pay you five to seven million dollars, eight million dollars for you to do whatever you want to. Right. So I think that's the kind of the only way that the Grizzlies uh, and, and shout out to the new front office for the Grizzlies. Right? <laughs> shout out real quick. Yeah. <laughs> but we I need think, to do like a Grizzlies only segment just so we can get all our love out for that. I know. But I think that's the only way that that they yeah. would entertain a buyout, in my opinion. Right. And, and usually when you get a player that has a buyout that accepts less money, it's a player that, first off, they're not at a high number. And then they know they're going to go sign a veteran minimums contract for like two and a half million dollars, which is going to recoup that money. Right. Well, with Iguodala, it's like, look, if you buy me out for eight million dollars, I'm gonna have to go take a minimum deal in L.A. for the Clippers or the Lakers or anywhere else. Make I go. it up at all. I'm gonna make what seven or eight million dollars less than I would have made this year. Why would he accept a less number? He's gonna yeah. try to push for the buyout, but I guarantee he's not gonna push oh for a gosh. cheap buyout. No. So <clears throat> that is also something, and I brought this up. Well, I thought it to myself. I tweeted it at one of the cap guys. Was that um, from Iguodala's perspective? What if, because um, I think in Iguodala's perspective, he views himself as still an elite player, and he is. And I think that he's got, I mean, he's, I think he's what, like 34 maybe? Yeah. 35? Mid-30s. I think he's probably, with the way he plays, he's got a couple years left, and he probably has another contract left. I don't think he should move to the uh, the veteran minimums portion of his career yet. Because once you move to that, 
you're there pretty much there yeah like very rarely are you gonna get a guy that sounds like a three-year contract after he's taken one year deals right and i think also out there is he unless uses, you're like rehabbing or something right right, right. right. he right. could use this season um this is something that's kind of like a little bit more deep cut cap stuff but you take this season, you play a little bit with the Grizzlies, you basically get back to healthy because he is banged up. He did have a knee, knee problems in the playoffs. You completely get healthy. You, you know, take an extended all-star break, things like that. The Grizzlies let you stay on the roster, stay around the team, be a positive influence, uh, and you and you are painted as the good guy in that scenario because you're like, you know what, I want to pour back into these guys. You rehab a season, and then the Grizzlies have your bird rights because of being traded. Yep. You sign for a bigger deal in the offseason, a sign and trade to a team like the Lakers yep. or to a team like the Clippers or to a team like the Nets or anybody like that. And now that that becomes easier to deal with when it um, than just cutting and signing or trading straight up right now. So right. that's another scenario I could see the front office selling to Iggy and being like, look. You can make you're making seventeen million dollars this year. Why not be signed to a three year twenty million dollar contract next off season, right. or a three year twenty one million dollar contract, and then we'll sign and trade you to wherever you want to go. They'll make it work. They'll make it work. So I, I think and, that's and, and something at that you salary should push too. Like it's yeah, it'd be easy. Why 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 start making two and a half million when you can still make, when you're still good enough to make seven or eight? Yeah. Like I mean, I know he's made his money, but at the same time, you, you know these guys aren't. If they have the opportunity, they're going to keep they're going to keep, keep earning it. it. So. I think the Iguodala storyline is something that, while it is obviously close to home for us, that's a league-wide kind of point that's going to be talked about a lot over the next couple of weeks, depending on what – maybe there's a deal. Maybe we've seen things that are – things are happening really fast. I mean, we're in day, like, three of Summer League. Day three of Summer League. So it's like it, – it feels like this has been going on for two weeks already. So maybe something happens sooner than later. I mean, everybody is together here, so these are great places for deals to be made. Right. You have GMs and scouts and front office members in Vegas together, going to dinner together and stuff. So this is a great place for that. So, um, so I, yeah. You got any more trades you want to talk about? It's a good segue to talk to a little bit about what's going on in Summer League right now. That's true. I mean... Night one. I mean, we won't acknowledge Utah Summer League because nothing really happened. I there. mean, yeah, that's last that's year we had the Jaron Jackson eight three pointer game, but this year yeah. nothing really happened. Yeah, I think I think the Utah and the like the Utah Summer League and the the California Classic. It's just like getting yeah. all the getting all the rust <laughs> off of these players. Like it's kind of like a like building it up to like, hey, this is going to be the team for like the next two three weeks. Get used to playing together type stuff. Right. It's just for it's just literally just for Salt Lake City and Sacramento to have something. Right. Like it's just cool for them to have like a weekend of people playing there. <laughs> yeah, it's just gets but, gets kind of teams you know yeah, excited to play. Exactly, and and you know so we had the much anticipated Zion very RJ touted, Barrett, very yeah. hype Zion R J Barrett matchup in night one was what Friday it's Friday night. it was Friday night yeah Friday night and it was shortened because of the earthquake yeah. which before we even got here that happened so that was like ah well that's where i'm going that's not necessarily where you want to run to the problem yeah. <laughs> but Z zion looked crazy zion good did too. look crazy good he looked the people were saying he looked a little out of shape which i could see that he's been busy with like photo you know he's been traveling the country with like uh doing all this media stuff so yeah. that makes sense but he did look super athletic he looked still looked super bouncy right he looked healthy. He did bang his knee up a little bit, but yeah. that should be fine. But he got his twenty minutes of summer league. Now he's good yeah, to go. Yeah. So I mean, hey, you got you got in in a, in a shortened game mm -hmm. for you because you you banged your knee up. You you got double digit points. You know, you're you're still the wow factor for the crowd, right? Like <laughs> you're you still, had a yeah. Tom a packed out Thomas and Mack Center. It confirmed his star stardom. Yeah. It confirmed that. Like, dude, no one really comes to to the NBA summer leagues. Like, yes, they have like gained popularity. You know, like over and over. Like as the, as the course of all these summer leagues go on like people are more interested right that that had like very very high level nba media out here covering that it was like it was like an opening game of the season or something yeah absolutely i mean every time that that strip play he had on kevin knox where he stripped from him and dunked it like that place was going crazy that was absolutely wild and even though like kevin knox like played better than him people are memeing kevin knox now that he got <laughs> his lunch taken from him and it's like <laughs> Like a play later, he went and blocked Zion, and then no, he no. hit a three in his face. Like, you didn't see that. It's anywhere, hilarious. Though. No, you didn't see that anywhere. <laughs> that video, that, that you didn't. The replay didn't. wasn't on any major outlet. No, and I'm trying to get the box score real quick. So I wanted to, 
also touch on R.J. Barrett, which I feel I feel like R.J. was like one for nine from he like was three, four of eighteen. Yeah, it was the field and one of four. No one. Yeah, he was one, one of, of nine eight from three. One of eight. Yeah, one of eight from three. So uh, I don't so, know. I don't want to say bust yet because hashtag Trey Young was pretty. And we're trash. about to see R.J. today. Hopefully, yeah, we're going to see the Knicks game. We'll play. We'll see him today. But dude. It was a it was a rough first outing for RJ. It was a rough first outing, and also too is the Knicks have a lot of their guys from last season playing on this team that are probably too good for summer league. They really showed out last year, like Mitchell Robinson, Alonzo Trier, and even Knox, because Knox was like a really played really good in the summer league last year. And I think they I think the Knicks may have won summer league last year. I don't remember. I'm but, not sure. Um, but so a lot of those guys, like I doubt that Knox and Trier and Robinson are even. They may not even play today, or th- at most they play throughout this weekend and they're yeah. they're back. I think this might be their last game, right? right? And like they'll play through the weekend. So RJ was kind of like you know, out there on a court with with a bunch of guys that knew how to play together. Already had that, NBA minutes. Already had NBA minutes. They're familiar. Like they're not gonna like yeah. They're happy that you're there, but also at the same time they all. Like Robinson and Trier all viewed themselves as like Trier was a free agent pickup. Mitchell Robinson was a second round pick that viewed himself as like a lottery talent. These guys aren't gonna like succumb to you. No, they're not gonna like bow down and like give you all these opera. Like they're 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 there to show out in front of LeBron and Anthony Davis yeah. and those guys and the media members. Like they use that to their advantage. So taking that into account, but still, he looked like he had tunnel vision. He looked. Like he, I mean, I didn't really see much off the ball stuff with him. I, honestly, the first five minutes of the game, I did, I forgot he was out there. Yeah. Till he had his first bucket. I think he went to the free throw line. I totally forgot because I didn't even wreck it. Like he didn't stand out at all. He does it was not. all Zion and Mitchell Robinson had the first two plays of the game. And then Hell, even Kevin Knox. Yeah. Like, like so the media, every everybody in NBA media has has already said this is this is RJ Barrett's team. Like right. hasn't even played one game with them, and no. so like if if you if you're that Mitchell Robinson, if you're Kevin Knox, you got a chip on your shoulder saying, "Dude, like, <laughs> yeah, wh- who are you again?" Yeah, exactly. Like those so, guys aren't going to take shit from anybody, no, especially not. I mean, like I get he's he's good. Yeah, he's he's a high pick, but like Kevin Knox went in the top ten last year too. So like, yeah. let's. Let's get it right. Yeah, like, <laughs> Kevin Knox is definitely not because that's the same position, basically. It's the same position, and people are like kind of already doubting Kevin Knox too. Yeah. So he's got a, a pretty big chip on his shoulder. I wonder if uh, RJ even starts. I don't know what they're going to do with that team because you also have to consider that you have. I don't the, even think they know you what they're going to do. Uh, you have Fizdale running the show there, and I feel like with it with this team, he's going to try to do his normal thing of like. You know, I'm trying to build something, and uh, he's going to try to take a lot of the media pressure away from them, which is a good thing. But also, he's going to get out there with his 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 dumb comparisons. Where take that for data. He compares everybody to Hall of Famers. I love that. He was comparing like what I think he compared Chandler Parsons to like LeBron James or something, like facets of his game <laughs> to like from my familiarity with coaching LeBron. Like, dude, come on. From but extensive background so you with do, coaching you, you do have Fizdale running the show there, and they signed a bunch of like C level free agents. I do like Julius Randle, but I do like. Yeah. I don't think you're gonna. A lot of people were betting on RJ to win Rookie of the Year because of the opportunity. I don't think he's I don't gonna. Think it's gonna happen. I don't think it's gonna happen, and I I think that we may get through this season and we're not going to view RJ very highly no. because not necessarily because of his own bad performance, but because of the opportunity and because of him not being able to kind of adjust to the players around him. So, so if you if you if you think about it and just talking about it from a, a rookie standpoint, mm-hmm. like Zion Zion's going to come in and he's going to do his Zion stuff because he's so much more athletic than everybody. Right? Like he's going to be so much more athletic and if you take about you know RJ Barrett is still such a raw talent. And given right. his position and given like everybody else in the NBA, like he's not going to he, he can't come in and He's there's no like wow factor to his game right now because he's just a pure shooter, so he's just yeah. extremely raw. And I don't think that I don't think that well, he even gets close to the rookie of the year. No, 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 I don't think so either. And I mean, his like that's the thing is if he actually can show that he can shoot consistently because he had a bad percentage at Duke, but at the same time, Duke had no spacing and a lot of those three pointers were like shot clock into shot clock and also ISO situations where. He just didn't have a lot of other options. So right. I don't really hold that 29%. I think it was like 29% against him. Yeah. I think – and he, he had a three the other night. I mean, I think it's just going to take some time for him to figure out his role. And I don't think it would be bad for him to 
allow some of those other creators on the Knicks to set him up and get himself just in the flow of things as far as right. the NBA game goes. Instead of, I mean, he's going to have Alfred Payton playing there, which is a you know a, a pass first point guard who, um, you know, he's not a lead in by any means, but he doesn't. He's not going to look for his own uh, his own shot, so he he can set you up and just kind of like let it come to you. Don't force things because first off, we are, like we already talked about, your teammates aren't going to like aren't going to accept that. They're not going to let that happen. They're not going to mesh with that. And second off, it's not going to lend uh, lend itself to for you to be successful. Like, just take it easy, and your your team's going to suck. But that's fine. You're going to add right. Romelo Ball next year, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then everything's going to work out, right? Because yeah. there's not going to be any media talking about that. Not going to be any media talking about them. Yeah, I was just looking at their roster. Like, they have some nice. Like, Randall's going to be good for them. Reggie Bullock and Wayne Ellington. Like, those are guys that are good veterans that are going to be, you know, they can help ease your way into the league like I actually don't hate this roster I don't like what the Knicks did with their offseason but now that that's over with like I do like these personalities like Todd Gibson's a good guy like those guys can help RJ ease into it but let's just hope he doesn't have tunnel vision with that too right where he doesn't allow them to you know affect his career so Well, don't don't let. Uh, I hope I hope he doesn't get into the like the mindset where like even though the Knicks aren't going to be like good next year, like the the bright lights of Madison Square Garden, um, that can be uh, you know a lot yeah. for any rookie to handle. It'd be yeah, but it could also be positive too. Where like if you're if you're good, then all of a sudden you're you're hot shit. Like right. uh, well, like we talked about. Who were we talking about earlier that? You know, like Alex Caruso, like where people he talks he's talked about so much. I mean, he not like as being like a elite player, but he, the only reason people talk about him is because he plays in the lake for the Lakers, right? So it's like people were talking about Alonzo Trier last year being this rookie of the year candidate when it was like, no, he's not. But he was in New York, so he was getting all the pub. Like they'll probably have a Christmas Day game, which is crazy. They're they're awful, but. Anyway, like I do think that summer league, <laughs> we had all those people packed out, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh wait, RJ's not playing well, and Zion <laughs> got hurt by, and then we had an earthquake. So into the first quarter, no yeah, one was there. <laughs> we had one sellout, and that's about it, probably for summer league. <laughs> and y- then you realize that, oh wow, this is kind of trash basketball unless you really like, like scouting these players. Right. It's gonna not gonna be great games. You'll you'll have a every now every eight or nine games you'll have a good one. Right, where teams you are like unrefined a basketball. Right, this is like a, heaven for it's you. It's teams that are going 110 miles an hour, right. shooting up threes, trying to trying to dunk and get on Sports Center, and trying to show out for their coaching staffs. Right, right, right. And I mean, I, I'm excited about it though. Yeah, <laughs> I, and I know we're gonna do a full summer league pod too. <laughs> so I mean, I, I think I think what I'm excited about mostly is just kind of getting out there and like looking to see kind of what the future of the NBA is. Honestly. Yeah, and getting uh hopefully we get um our little Grizz minute here. Hopefully we get Brandon Clark. Yeah. And uh So we we can talk about there. that. Yeah. So yeah. so the, the the trades are official now. I know that the most Bra- yeah, all the moves are official. Most yeah, most of, of our trades are official and, and I think it's expected that Brandon Clark and Grayson Allen are gonna suit up for uh the like you were saying, the nightcap game uh tonight at Summer League. So I guess I guess we'll see. I know that Grayson Allen. I'm ex- I'm a huge Grayson <laughs> Allen homer. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, you're 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 a you're a known you're a known Duke fan. I'm a, I'm a known Duke fan. Shout yeah. out JJ Redick from back in the day. Yeah. Oh, that's you trying to impress with your knowledge of past Duke rosters. No, that's actually why I, everybody I, knows about JJ Redick. That's kind of why I started following Duke. <laughs> Just kidding. That was dude, that was back in the day. Like, back in the day. four years of JJ Redick at Duke. That four was years. that. You're right. That was back when I first really started watching college basketball right. in depth, and um. But no, I think it's going to be good. I mean, we can go into the Grizz here for a sec because I know there is some stuff that uh, that they have left to do because Delon Wright is still out there, right? And he uh, is a restricted free agent. The Mavs have been rumored as going to give him an offer sheet, and I think the Grizz are going to match if it's anything like three years, thirty million and under. Is kind of what I've been hearing. Not, I mean, not sources. Social media—that's what kind of everybody talks about. According like, to social media his, sources, a lot of a lot of talent evaluators, a lot of cap evaluators think that's kind of like where he's going to get the offer, like his his best case scenario. So I think that or anything under that is probably a match for us. And right. then that gets us into like the the whole roster thing of like we we have a lot of guys. 
we have a lot of we have a group a handful of longtime vets and we have a bunch of young guys so yeah. it's gonna be interesting to see what jenkins does with the roster in the next couple of weeks going into camp and then trimming it down and because we don't we don't have to trim it down until like what like right before this like a couple of days before the season starts. right yeah you can you know all these people like get them in work out together and stuff it's been rumored that um that Kyle Korver and Andre Iguodala, I know we touched on Andre Iguodala earlier, but, you know, it's been reported that they're just kind of passing through. I know that you... Well, the Korver was traded to Phoenix already. Well, yeah. So, right, yeah. So, well, yeah, so definitely passing through. But, like, yeah. my thing is, hmm. I was getting to Jay Crowder. My bad. Like, uh, like, you, I know that you were saying that you saw, you know, something out there, like, there's been, like, rumblings of him kind of wanting to stay yeah. with the Grizzlies and stuff like that, so it's an interesting roster, um, yeah. I do, I, I, I'm, a, I'm not a, you know, a massive Jay Crowder fan, but he's, he's pretty good. Yeah, I think he's a good, I think he's a, he's a good hard worker, he's a, he can't, he was one of those kind of, uh, prospects that, you know, he really showed out when he was given the opportunity in Boston, and, uh, I think um, I think he's a player that of the like veterans that you have of you know you got you already passed on Corver you still got Iggy you've got Solomon Hill Miles Plumley those contracts that you traded for Parsons oh which we we got to give a Parsons minute after this I've totally <laughs> that was supposed to lead off the podcast I'm really sorry I know Chandler listens uh, <laughs> to this podcast shout out Hunter Mitchell shout, shout out, out Hunter shout out Clay uh, we'll get a Grizzlies in in memoriam podcast for Chandler here soon. But um, so of those veterans, I really think Crowder is the one that you probably has the best chance of getting minutes and meshing with these guys and really because you do you want he's going to want like I said, he want he's going to want he's in his contract year. He's going to want to put up some numbers and get another contract. And also too, the Grizzlies, he's a guy that you want to trade closer to the deadline. So he's got a movable contract. It's only like eight million dollars. Right. And he can fit into a lot of different schemes. So good defensive player and can hit shots. Very NBA and friendly guy. Very NBA friendly guy. And um, I think you're going to want him to be in your starting lineup and getting minutes so that a team like Houston or LA or Boston or somebody like that. Um, or Honestly, there's so many teams that are going to view themselves as competitors this year that the market's going to be good for those guys. And I really think that, you, you know, you can kill many birds with one stone with him. And it's the development, the – the mentality for the rookies and, you know, asset accumulation, you know, later in the season. So I think he's going to be good. I just hope uh, we're able to get some good minutes for guys like uh, Grayson. I mean, I want to see Grayson Allen play. Right. I want to see him see if there is an NBA player, role player there, if there's an eighth or ninth guy off the bench potential for him down the line because he's a first-round pick. We've still got three more years on his rookie contract plus right. his rights after that. We could. This guy could be on our roster for many years to come if he, if he fits a role and is not a trade asset. Like he, right, could be an important player. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a, a year of growing for the Grizz too, right? We have that uh, a new head yeah. coach, uh, Taylor Jenkins from from the Milwaukee Bucks. He was an assistant on the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. He's been touted as a huge player development guy. So I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Uh, kind of like <laughs> at this point, getting Josh Jackson. Let's see. Let's see what we can get with Josh. Jackson. Oh yeah, Josh. We didn't talk about Josh Jackson yet. That was kind of the Corver. That was how Corver went to Phoenix. Uh, we sent them the worst player in the trade, Javon Carter. <laughs> yeah. Shout out Javon Carter's mom, who didn't didn't like my tweet. Didn't the other like your day. take. Didn't on tag him in it or anything. <laughs> didn't like my take about him being a G League All Star. That's a compliment. It's a compliment. That's a compliment. First year in the NBA. First year in the All Star. Like, let's <laughs> yeah. go. <laughs> let's. Go. I mean, come on. Like, have a little. Like, you know, come on. Like, let's really think about this. I gave your son a compliment. Like, Javon, anyway, like Javon Carter, you were in the second <laughs> round. Like, right. Like, you were. <laughs> we overdrafted him. We over that was a Chris Wallace <laughs> special. That was a grit and grind guy. Let's draft a guy who has no Good for clear the team. position. Anyway, so we got DeAnthony Melton and Josh Jackson and two, possibly two second round, definitely one second round pick. Um, I love that. I mean, he was a fourth round. He was a number four overall pick two years ago. I mean, he's he's had problems, but dude, I'm okay with taking anybody from Phoenix that has a, a, has potential because I really don't think that they were in a position at all to. Uh, to recognize that potential even like even if they could recognize talent right like which i don't know if they technically can their organization is in disarray well they pick so high they don't have to really 
right. worry about There's, it because they, well, they, they would throw mud at the wall, see what sticks. Exactly, right. <laughs> so I it mean, hasn't so far. It hasn't <laughs> stuck. D book yeah. is D book and Aiden. You can, I mean, yeah. Aiden's going to be pretty good. So a- yeah, well, it's like number one overall pick. Aiden's, uh, and you still, some people still think they chose the, the wrong pick. Yeah, it's like so. Yeah, so, <laughs> they they haven't been necessarily even amazing. when they hit, they still kind of miss. Even when they are great at what they do, they're not that great at what they do. Right. So. So I'm okay with taking a chance on him. I mean, he does have a high number. I think it's $8 million next year and right. like seven this year. So there is like a little bit of money tied up in that. I just don't think that – there would be tough for me to foresee a situation where that number is going to be that important next season because we're going to have so much cap space and we're not going to be in the market to sign. We're, we're going to be doing what Atlanta does, has done the past two years, and we're going to take a bunch of contracts – Similar to the Solomon Hill stuff right. and Iguodala stuff, and and use those assets. We're not going to be signing anybody major. There's not even in a big market next year. So, I think um, I think he has a good chance to prove himself. I mean, I don't think he's a high level starter or an all star. No. I think you kind of have to reevaluate your career at this point and be like, look, I got to be a lockdown defender, number one overall. Like first thing first, I have to be a lockdown defender, and then I need to figure out how to hit a corner three consistently. Right, and then, dude. You can be super valuable for this team or any team in the future for his career in general if you can do those two things. It gives him the opportunity. The change of scenery gives him an opportunity to kind of like take that step back. It's like, right. hey, you know, you're not on the Phoenix Suns anymore. We didn't draft you fourth <laughs> overall. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to, you don't have, you're not going to be a starter the opening day of the season. No. Like you're, you might you, not you even have be time. like our seventh, eighth guy. Like, <laughs> right. Well, really, though. So. I hope he gets men. I mean, that's the thing is like I think we'll kind of figure out the whole roster situation as the season starts off. But I think he'll get some minutes. I think they're going to want to see what they have in him because, uh, like you said, I, I'm a huge proponent of getting these guys on these rookie contracts because you still control their future. Right. You know that sounds negative, but you still control the future as of the that governor asset. as the governor of the team as the can. governor of the team. We still control it. Um, but so I just I like the fact that you know you get. They're not home run prospects. Like Grayson no. Allen, never going to be an all star. Josh Jackson, never going to probably be perceived as worth the number four overall pick. But both of these guys could technically be on your roster for the next four or five years, right? For cheap money, and you know that's what you need for a non free agency destination. And you think about a place like Milwaukee. Why were they number one seed this year? Because they had contributions from players that Chris Middleton was a second round pick. Chris Middleton. I mean, he signed a contract since then, but Malcolm Brogdon was a second round pick. Um, Brooke Lopez was on a rookie deal, but they had uh, know your I, role. I shouldn't go with that one. They have like Pat Connaughton. They have players like that, Sterling Brown. Like they have contributors that they have under contract control for cheap money to go with their max level free agent. Right. Let's say Jaron and Ja turn into all-star players which they have that potential i really do think they have that that's their ceiling, yeah that's their ceiling is like elite like uh, they could be elite they could be all-stars well you're gonna you're gonna have to pay these guys jaron in two years three years you're gonna have to pay him john four years why not have these guys these cheap guys on a contract i think is a no-brainer and I, i'm glad we're making moves like that so i mean it's gonna be fun i know i know this is uh yeah. this is day three of of NBA Summer League, I know that there's gonna there's a lot of this is where like the, yeah. the like the high level guys kind of stop playing at this point. Yeah. So I guess we'll we'll see where we go from there. So for sure, yeah, we'll, big we'll, things we'll, happening already. Big things this happening. Big things happening. We do got to get uh, we got to go get some lunch. We got to go some lunch. <laughs> I'm starving, but uh, but yeah, no, uh, I do want to shout out to um, uh, Chandler Parsons. Uh, he was great three years here with the Grizzlies. I know it didn't work out as well as everybody hoped. Um, but uh, as we have said many times, and we'll continue to say, this is a pro Chandler Parsons podcast. We've, we've said it multiple times. We are still a pro We're a pro Chandler, Chandler Par- Parsons podcast. Didn't love, how, didn't love how it ended, but, you know, yeah. got to give respect where respect is. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you have to say goodbye. And the, I like to say, well, I like to think that it's not goodbye. It's just see I'll you s- next time. See you we'll later. See you soon. To quote the great Hunter Mitchell, <laughs> pour one out for your boy. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but anyway, yeah, appreciate the podcast. Appreciate uh, Blake being down to come out to Vegas as well. I know we talked about it for a couple of years here. Hopefully next year we're like official out here. That'd be that'd be dope. Um, but yeah, we'll uh, have our Twitter handles in the in the bio. Yeah, we'll, we'll hit it. It's been good. 
All right. If you got any lunch, dinner recommendations, hit us up. <laughs> For sure. Besides Yardbird, we've been there. Blake Eats. See ya. Peace.